So if you have a Bible, we're going to start in 1 Kings uh, 19, 19 to 21. And during this whole revival series that we're doing, uh, we're actually going to be looking at the life of a guy named Elisha. And there were two guys in this era of the scriptures uh, that were important and that mattered and were uh, involved with what was going on or what God was doing in the kingdom and uh, in, in the kingdom of Israel and the kingdom of Judah because the kingdom of Israel had had this kind of civil war dispute and they'd split into two nations. And so uh, they were actually, Elijah was this prophet that was insanely powerful, had so much faith and so much obedience to what God was doing. Well, he still had some regular struggles of, uh, that people have, too. And at, at this point in his life, he was a little bit uh, tired. You know, he was getting older and exhausted and trying to uh, pass things on. And so he passed things on to a guy named Elisha. And there's Elijah with a J and Elisha with an S-H. The, what happens in the Bible in these Old Testament stories is that the name that people have actually matters a lot. And so these guys, uh, their names, Elijah actually means he is, uh, or the Lord, he is God. And Elisha means the Lord, uh, he saves. So Elijah is the Lord, he is God. Elisha is the Lord, he saves. And so when Elijah was doing his ministry, uh, that name and the name that the people would understand, the theme was that God is God. And there was a lot of uh, power and a lot of holiness and, and just righteousness that God is uh, the big deal in the world. And then Elisha comes on the scene, and there's a transition in the way that people would understand the story from just God is powerful to God is actually active and moving and seeking to save uh, the world because it's all about uh, salvation. And so it's kind of like uh, the movement of God is back for the benefit of the people. And so I want to read this uh, a little bit, uh, this First Kings 19, 19 to 21, uh, if you have a Bible. If not, I'm going to read it to you. Uh, so Elijah, the first guy, went from there and found Elisha, son of Shaphat. Uh, he was plowing, Elisha was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen. So he's a farmer and he was working and he himself was driving the 12th pair. And Elijah uh, went up, Elijah went up to him and threw his cloak around him. So Elijah throws his cloak around Elisha and Elisha then left his oxen and came after Elijah. And let me, he said, let me kiss my father and mother goodbye and then I will come with you. Elijah says, go back, and what, what have I done to you? Uh, other Bibles say, you know what I've done to you. It's kind of a rhetorical question. So Elisha left him and went back. He took his yoke of oxen and slaughtered them, and he burned the plowing equipment to cook the meat and gave it to the people, and he ate. And then he set out to follow Elijah and become his servant, uh, So and became his servant. So Elijah comes along and says, hey, this is what's going to happen. And Elisha, uh, he calls Elisha throws his cloak around him to say, you're going to be my servant. Like he chooses him to be like his right-hand man. And uh, and then Elisha ends up following Elijah. He takes his farming equipment, his plow that he was using, and he actually uh, burns it uh, to the ground. Like he starts a barbecue and takes his oxen and he cooks them. And the people are actually, um, they have this kind of party uh, so that, uh, to celebrate that he's leaving. And Elisha becomes the servant of Elijah. 
And this is the beginning of Elisha's ministry, but it's a serving ministry. It's I am becoming the servant of this very important prophet. And it was a, a privilege and something that he looked forward to. But he was referred to as the servant. He was referred to as the guy who served Elijah. In fact, in Second uh, Kings chapter 3, uh, verse 11 and 12, if you want to see that, Second Kings 3, 11 and 12, this is what this says, this second verse here, high tech. <laughs> uh, this is so ghetto fabulous. In 2 Kings 3, 11 says this, But Jehoshaphat, who was one of the kingly leaders, um, But Jehoshaphat said, Is there no prophet of the Lord here through whom we may inquire of the Lord? And an officer of the king of Israel said, Elisha, the son of Shaphat, is here. He used to pour water on the hands of Elijah. He refers to the menial service of he used to pour water on the hands of Elijah. And he talks about how Elisha is recognized as a prophet of the Lord because of the service and the menial service, like washing the hands of Elijah. Uh, and that was how he became uh, recognized as a prophet of the Lord. This kind of thing, when we're talking about becoming something in our culture, Today, we, if you want to become a leader or you want to serve God, we really always are thinking, oh, I want to do something big or I want to be in charge and those kinds of things. And this never in our culture today, one of the contrasts in our culture with, um, uh, with the way that I think God designed us to work is that we want to see you become a great leader by taking over, by being the leader, by aggression. And in Elijah and Elisha's story, Elisha becomes a great leader by serving the great leader. And he never had this promise where someday Elisha, I mean, we have the whole story, and we know that Elisha turns into this great man. But he never had that guarantee when he started. All he had to guarantee was, you can serve what God is doing, and what God is doing is through this other man. And you can serve Elijah, and you can serve menial tasks, washing his hands, uh, so that your life can matter and your life can have meaning. Elisha didn't respond to, do you want to be awesome? Do you want to be the leader after me? Do you want to uh, have power? Do you want to have miracles happen in your life? Elisha responded to, do you want to be my servant? Do you want to be the servant of the guy who God is using to do great things? Which is an amazing uh, question because so many of us, when we think, oh, God's going to do big things in our life, we think it's us. And for Elisha, God doing big things in his life was lifting up someone else. Uh, there have been times in my life I've served in a lot of different churches. And when I am uh, not the senior pastor of that church, part of my role and my understanding of my role was to serve the vision of the senior pastor. A lot of you have had jobs where you have a boss, right? And you understand that part of your job is to serve the vision of the boss. That comes out in different ways, like I'm going to make the boss look good or I'm going to have an idea and give it to the boss because I know my idea will get more traction if the boss runs with it instead of me running with it. And sometimes I've disagreed uh, with the people that I'm serving in my life, and uh, uh, I, I put my disagreement away. because and, and I've had bosses where I can be very vocal about that and be like, I think I disagree, but if this is the decision, I'm going with the decision because I trust God's call on my life more than I trust my own decision-making. Uh, but Elisha understood serving before he, under, before he understood um, hustling. 
I think most of what we do today, uh, if we want to be a leader, is hustle, not serving. And I think serving shapes our character for leadership. And I think hustle uh, gets us fame. Uh, and I would rather have power in my life than just have fame in my life. I don't think that's true for everybody. I think in our culture, we celebrate uh, that 15 minutes of fame. We have a YouTube channel or we have someone reading, watching our Snapchats or uh, we get a follower or a retweet from someone famous. Uh, but it's not actually powerful stuff that we're doing. And I think that our power uh, in our life comes from character, which actually comes from serving. So uh, I want to, that's all kind of context. And what I actually want to read to you is 2 Kings 2, 1 to 15. And this is uh, the calling when Elisha actually becomes uh, the prophet, when Elisha actually takes over. And this is a story. I'm going to read you the whole story. Uh, and, and you might not. Uh, I've ever heard this, but it's really kind of a neat thing. This is what it says. When the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven in a whirlwind, which is the end of Elijah's life, Elijah and Elisha were on their way from Gilgal, which is a city. And Elijah said to Elisha, stay here. The Lord has sent me to Bethel, Bethel, uh, depending on your accent. Uh, but Elisha said, as surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. And the company of prophets at Bethel came out to Elisha and asked, Do you know that the Lord is going to take your master from you today? Uh, and yes, I know, Elisha replied, so be quiet. And then Elijah said to him, Stay here, Elisha. Uh, the Lord has sent me to Jericho. So they're in Bethel, and Elijah says to Elisha, Stay here because I'm going to the next town. And the company uh, and Elisha replies, As surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So they went to Jericho. The company of the prophets at Jericho went up to Elisha and asked him, same as in Bethel, do you know that the Lord is going to take your master from you today? Yes, I know. So be quiet, says Elisha. And then Elijah said to him, stay here in Jericho. The Lord has sent me to the Jordan. And he replied, as surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So the two of them walked on. Uh, Fifty men from the company of the prophets went and stood at a distance facing the place where Elijah and Elisha had stopped at the Jordan, which is the major river on the east boundary of, of that region, the Jordan River. Elijah took his cloak, the same cloak that he had put on Elisha, and he apparently had it back. He took his cloak, and he rolled it up, and he struck the water with it. And the water divided to the right and to the left, and the two of them crossed over on dry ground. And when they had crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, Tell me, what can I do for you before I am taken from you? Last request, what do you want? Because things are almost done for me. And Elisha replies, let me inherit a double portion of your spirit. Elijah says to Elisha, uh, you have asked the difficult thing. Yet, if you see me when I am taken from you, it will be yours. Otherwise, it will not. There's a loyalty factor that's happening. And as they were walking and talking together, suddenly a chariot of fire and horses of fire appeared and separated the two of them. And Elijah went up to heaven in a whirlwind. And Elisha saw this and cried out, My father, my father, the chariots and horsemen of Israel, which was a saying, the chariots and horsemen of Israel is a saying for the divine presence of God uh, appearing in this fiery whirlwind. And Elisha saw him no more. Then he took hold of his, uh, of his own garments and he tore it in two, which was how they mourned in that day. It was tearing of their clothes. Elisha then picked up Elijah's cloak that had fallen from him. And he went back and he stood on the bank of the Jordan. 
And he took that cloak that had fallen from Elijah and struck the water with it. Where now is the Lord, the God of Elijah, he asked. And when he struck the water, it divided to the right and to the left, and Elisha crossed over. And the company of the prophets from Jericho were watching, and they said the spirit of Elijah is resting on Elisha. I bet when you read the Bible, you wonder why your life doesn't seem to have the same um, result that the faithful people in the Bible have when they follow the Spirit of God. And it's kind of a frustrating thing as you think, oh, my life is this or my life is that. But when I read these people in the scripture, their life is incredible. Their life is wild. Like the things that God is doing is just amazing. Uh, and you think, why isn't my life like that? And I think that factor of faith and service, uh, that if you want to have a big impact, a big, a, and not just big like you're famous, but big like powerful impact for God, then it requires a powerful level of faith. And that faith requires a powerful level of risk. And not just risk as far as like, oh, I'm going all in, like I might lose it all, but risk in the way that you're going to say, I'm going to dedicate my life for something that isn't going to make me famous or isn't going to make me comfortable or isn't going to make it all about me. I'm actually going to risk investing in the ministry that God is doing. And it might be through someone else. It might be through another person. You might be just serving other people. You might be serving a church. Or you might be serving at your work. Uh, but that serving and changes your character. You see, when you have the ability, when you have the ability to serve, you actually have more power. Because the more power you have, the more ability you have to take a low position. The higher rank you are, the more control you have over how you spend your time. And so when you have a lot of power, the more power you have, the lower position you're I'm doing hand actions out of the screen. The more power you have, the lower position you're able to take. And then if you think if you're a follower of Jesus, then uh, you actually have the highest power, Jesus, living in you. And Jesus himself, this is Philippians chapter 2, verses 6 and 7, Jesus himself didn't consider him equality with God something that he should be grasping or something he should be reaching for. But Jesus took the form of a human and became a servant. Jesus's method uh, to his life and to the power of his life is to become a servant. So Elisha walks along as the servant of Elijah, and he ends up uh, with Elijah at the very end of his life. And Elijah doesn't die. He's just taken to heaven. It's this wild thing that's a whole nother issue that we'll talk about another time and he's taken to heaven and then uh, Elisha walks back to the river now the Jordan River had been split once before when Joshua uh, came into the land of Canaan and conquered it it was split and uh, uh, Moses split the Red Sea Joshua split the Jordan River and then with the company of prophets these 50 prophets from Jericho looking down and looking on uh, he actually um, splits the Jordan River. He actually is able to stop the flow of the water. Elijah walks across. And when he dies, Elisha picks up his cloak and goes back to the river. There's a company of prophets up on the hill watching, and they're asking this. 
is the spirit of the Lord now with Elisha. Because they didn't see Elijah leave. But when Elisha comes back alone, they assume that Elijah has left. And they wonder, is the power of the Lord in this guy? And Elisha strikes the water. And the water splits. And the company of prophets recognize that this is where the power of God is. You probably don't have a company of prophets watching you. Uh, but I think you have your own cast of characters that are watching you. You have some of you have parents who are watching you, uh, coworkers, friends, uh, fellow students, teammates. For some of you, it's your spouse. For some of you, it's your kids. And they're watching and waiting to see if you'll do things that can only be attested to the power of God. If you'll live your life in such a way that it bears evidence to the spirit of God working and living in you. And they might not even know it. Like they might not even say, oh, I'm watching you to see if the power of the spirit of God is working in you. They don't know that that's what they're looking for. But I think God put it in every single human that this is what we're looking for. And this is what we're hoping to see. And they're hoping to see it in you. And so this whole series, I think, is even if the people around you don't know it, this whole series is going to be about your life changing in such a way uh, that you are actually doing things that can only be attested to the power of the, of the Spirit of God, uh, to the Holy Spirit, the power agent in the Trinity, working in and working through your life. Just incredible stuff to think that the uh, God, that Jesus, that the Holy Spirit, the creator of the universe, the one who died on the cross and rose from the dead, uh, the Spirit of God who uh, brings life, uh, brings life even to dead and broken places and dead and broken people that same spirit is alive and working in you and wants to do the same powerful things uh, that he was doing uh, in the old testament times with these amazing prophets and in the new testament times you might not go to the jordan river and split the river but there are things in your life and people in your life that are watching you to see if the power of the spirit of god is alive in you and you're seeing you walk along, and they're asking the same questions that that school of prophets did. Your coworkers, your friends, your people are asking those questions. And so as a believer, you're not really in danger of, of ruining your life uh, if you follow the Spirit of God. You're not going to have a bad life if you spend your life serving other people or serving in a way that God calls you to serve. Uh, but you might have a life that you waste if you keep waiting for God to do this big thing in your life, thinking it's going to be powerful, when if you aren't investing the time of serving. Elisha poured the water on the hands before he parted the water with the cloak. The Spirit of God was working in him both places. The Spirit of God came on him in a particular way because of him asking Elijah for the double portion of the Spirit. But what would happen if you asked God to be twice as powerful in your life this year? What if you said, God, I'm going to be twice as fast to obey you this year. I'm going to be twice as fast to repent uh, when I screw up or when I mess up or when I fail. I'm going to be twice as fast uh, to be in the will of God and do the things that God wants uh, so that I can experience twice the spirit of God and have twice the impact. Um, that's a a great prayer and a great goal for the year. Uh, so that's how I'm going to be praying for you. That's how I'm going to be praying this week. Uh, and uh, if you want to, you can grab these scriptures again. People are putting them in the comment section, I can see. Uh, but you can check these scriptures out and read through the beginning of the life of Elisha 
We're going to be talking about Elisha this week and for five weeks after this. Uh, and you can be a part of what's happening with this, uh, with a revival happening in your own life. Uh, we really want to see 2017 be uh, like uh, among the best years that you've ever had in your life. And uh, we don't see why it shouldn't be. Uh, but just uh, I'm, when we say the best, when I say the best, I mean the best as far as the power of the Spirit of God working in you. Maybe not the best as far as getting the most hits on YouTube and the most notifications on your Facebook, but the best as far as God uh, really making a difference in your life and Jesus actually uh, being obeyed and followed in your life and that being a part of who you are.